It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to a very special edition of Tailgate State. I am Rodney Fisher and joined by the host of Tailgate State, Mr. Omi D. Omi D, what's going on, sir? What's going on, bud? You know me, I'm always moving around doing something. Got to stay in the mix. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, we, we got a special episode because we're going to be talking about not just the college football landscape with the college football final that's coming up here in Dallas, Texas, in our home base but also the NFL playoffs as well, too. So we got a lot to get to on today's podcast. So welcome everyone that's listening. Make sure you check out all the podcasts for Tailgate State as well as for RF Sports Radio by going to rfsportsradio.com and uh, downloading uh, the podcast there. Or following us on Twitter and online, you can follow the, the network at RF Sports Radio or follow Mr. OMBD at OMBD online. So without further ado, let's jump into this whole uh, college football playoff. Now, you have been covering college football for the entire season. You've had your own rankings that have been pretty controversial on the Internet. Let's just say that up front. Uh, but now we get to the final two teams. Uh, we're going to have the Oregon Ducks going for their first uh, national championship against the Ohio State team who pulled off the upset over Alabama with the four-string quarterback. Uh, so let me get your initial kind of thoughts of the game and how these two teams kind of ended up having a two-seed versus a four-seed uh, for this first uh, college football playoff final. Well, let's let's talk about the big game first, the one that everybody expected to go that way was the Oregon versus uh, Florida State, and a lot of people thought that Florida State was going to put up much, much, much more fight than they did in this game. Uh, but as you said before, Rodney, that all year long some of my uh, rankings, some of the things I've been saying have been controversial, especially for two teams. And it's, it's amazing the two teams that I was most controversial about all season long were knocked out of the college football playoff. Florida State, as I stated, all season long, these guys played nobody. They played Louisville. Eh, nobody. Notre Dame. Where are they even? Are they even ranked? Who did they play in the bowl game? They played in the Old Spice <laughs> something bowl. You know? Right. And so 
Florida State undefeated with their schedule, and they hadn't played anyone. Anyone to put real pressure on that team. That defense was solid, but that defense had never played against a quick-paced offense unlike their own. Now, what did amaze me about the Florida State-Oregon game was nothing that the Oregon Ducks did. The Oregon Ducks went in there. They conducted business as usual, open and shut. Florida State, I expected Jameis Winston to do a little bit more to help his team lose that game. But surprisingly, Jameis wasn't the Achilles heel in the turnover battle with this game uh, with Florida State. I believe Florida State had seven turnovers in that game. Mm-hmm. And, right. and, I'm gonna, and, they, and they're going to credit 50% or more to freshmen out of the backfield. Now, that is surprising to me. And with the defense, the way they just gave up points. I mean, Florida State's defense kept them in the game most – well, I'm not going to say most of the season. Every every game, Florida State started out pretty much getting bombed in the first half, and then Jameis Winston showed up, and the defense showed up, and they were able to pull out victories close, you know, less than 10-point victories all down the road. So, at some point, you were going to have to sit up or, or uh, excuse me, stand up or sit down, and, you know, Florida State met up with Oregon. I honestly think Florida State would have had a possibly better chance of beating Alabama, but they had no chance to beat the Oregon Ducks. So, yeah, like, what are your thoughts on that game? You know, I I felt the same way, you know, and we've discussed it on previous shows before, but I'm like you. I didn't think Florida State really played any tough competition this year although they are the reigning uh, national champions, BCS champions, I should say. Uh, and But but I knew they are going to be up against it because, to me, I just thought that for them to be a uh, – to be undefeated like they were, the ranking that they received really worked against them. Having a three seed and then having to go all the way to the West Coast to play Oregon. Because let's face it, Oregon is used to playing in the Rose Bowl. Uh, they're on the West Coast. It was almost like a home game for them. They had the crowd there behind them. And I knew that whole scenario really didn't fit well. Florida State had to come all the way from the East Coast to the West Coast to play in the Rose Bowl and play in this game. And then I thought, you know, you know, it, the Oregon offense is something that you you have to prepare for, but you have uh-huh. to have seen it before or played against it before or played a team that yeah. had that type of offense. And they never did. So I knew that they were up against it. But I think like most people, they thought that, that when the second half started, that Florida State was going to make that comeback. You know, uh, if you look at the last kind of four games for Florida State, it was really a comeback effort from Jameis Winston and the Florida State uh, offense. Of course, their defense played a lot better. But they're playing, you know, inferior teams, teams they couldn't put up points like Oregon did. So I had it, you know, a gut feeling that Oregon was going to win that game. I was very surprised by the score, to be honest with you. The beat yeah. by 39 points was, was huge. I think it was 59 to 20 was the final score. Uh, yeah. that, that surprised me a lot for them to win by such a large margin and such a big number. So I, I, I'm not surprised by the win. I'm just surprised by the actual how, how big they I won know. that game and and uh, now, of course, we hear it today that Jameis Winston is going to be going to the NFL. It's probably a smart move because when you look at teams like a Florida State who can win a BCS championship, 
And like I'm sure we're going to talk about this next game with Alabama, another team that could win a BCS-type championship. Now, you know, the good thing about this playoff system is it will expose some of these teams that have dominated their conferences for so long. And then when they have to play a team in a different conference, like Ohio State or Oregon, they really get a chance to see what some of the best teams in the conference can do. And I think it I think it did a lot for the Pac-12, too, for Oregon to win because a lot of teams in the Pac-12 have played Oregon a lot closer than what Florida State did. So, uh, yeah, but yeah, I, I, I agree on the on that whole sense of, uh, and this is something I said last time on Tailgate State. A lot of people don't realize the power of the Pac-12 because the majority of the United States is based in a central time zone. You're watching sports right. in a central time zone. The Florida State game, uh, the Oregon games kick off. It's almost eleven o'clock in New York on the East Coast. You know. Sometimes nine thirty, ten o'clock in Dallas when they kick off. So a lot of us are. We might see the first quarter of Oregon versus UCLA, but we're not going to see the third, fourth quarter. You know when the Ducks really put up those numbers, or we didn't really get a chance to see Oregon versus Arizona. And Arizona was the team that toppled Oregon, beat Oregon the last two years in a row. Right. So yeah, it, this playoff system. Uh, and it's kind of like the blog that I did on rfsports.com. Uh, it kind of gave us what we were really wanting in a college football playoff system. You got to see two teams, big powerhouses, go up against one another, you know, and, and really turn out a good game. A lot of people say, well, it really wasn't a good game. I'm like, yeah, it was a good game because you saw Florida State, who everybody just pretty much, you know, was heck they were in there because they were undefeated, even though strength of schedule was not supposed to be one of the features that was part of what they had, you know, going into picking those teams. But, you know, eventually they went, well, you know, we're going to leave them there because they're undefeated. So, you know, but that got exposed. Like you said, weak competition, weak conference, you know, you were the best in that. And Big Ten, like, Maybe these guys are playing football, you know, speaking on the big team. And you know, roll into that. Go ahead. And you know, uh, I didn't mean to cut you off, but, you know, I was just thinking about when you said that, that, you know, we, you know, we questioned throughout this season how Florida State kept falling in the rankings, although they were not losing in the games in their top, mm-hmm. uh, top, top four. And the, the committee, just like the, the fan at home, Saw it. I mean, they could watch the games. They knew they weren't playing any big competition. They knew how they were playing. Was it going to live up to some of the other teams? And I think they were ranked perfectly, um, you know, at the end of the day at the third seed. So, uh, but yeah, that's you know, and 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 to move on to the next game, you know, you had. And, and by the way, you know, this bowl season, I love having both of those games on uh, New Year's Day. You know, having yes. them back to back like that, that that was really really cool. I know that uh, they've been trying to promote this um, New Year's Six, where they have the three uh, games on New Year's Eve and three games on New Year's Day, and I thought that was really really cool how it was rolled out. Because of course, the first time they've done it, but I thought having them back to back like that was was good TV. Uh, at least kept me in front of the TV for the entire day. Uh, but you know, you jump into the Ohio State game in the Sugar Bowl. 
And I'll be honest with you, I thought when Alabama was up 21-6 to in the first half, I said, man, this is over. You know, I, I really didn't know what to expect in the second half, how they would come out. But I tell you, you know, to me the biggest thing about that game was, was the quarterback, Cardell Jones, uh, for Ohio State. Big kid, I think he's six, what, six five, maybe two, and say two fifty, but it looks about two seventy five. You know, it looks like a, a lineman or something. But he could just the way he was throwing that ball, I knew. I said it was only a matter of time before he starts making the the throws that can connect because he was throwing the ball fifty, sixty yards downfield with just a flick of his wrist. The biggest he is, and the way he was able to run, and I was just, I left that game just totally impressed with the job that Urban Meyer has done uh, to have his four-string quarterback, to be to be hiding a guy that big, that athletic, that poised as your four-string quarterback, just says a lot about what Urban Meyer has been able to do with Ohio State in such, in such a short period of time. And then to be, finally be the SEC team, you know, Ohio State hasn't beat the SEC team in a bowl game until uh, this past Sugar Bowl. And then the Saban, as we like to call him on the show, finally losing the game. I, I was I was a little happy about that. I can't lie. I'm just going to be honest. I'm a little happy about the Saban losing to Ohio State, and I was really impressed with the job that Ohio State did, holding up to that to the Alabama offense, really shutting down Cooper, Amari Cooper, not letting him run wild all day. I thought they did a great job on both sides of the ball. And then, of course, you know, you look at uh, not just what Ohio State was able to do, but now with this matchup that's coming up between Ohio State and Oregon, now you're Uh looking at two offenses that can really score, that can really run the ball. You saw Ezekiel for um, Ohio State run the ball. I think he had 230 yards on 23 carries, something crazy like that. So now you got two potent offenses going against each other. And you got two defenses that really have played lights out football. They played really above, I think, the level we thought they could play against both of those two teams. And now you got a good matchup setting up for the football final. Well, let me tell you a couple things that I like. And are you ready for this? I'm ready. Okay. Now, as you know, on Tailgate State, I said all season long, the saving will lose two games this season. Did I yeah, not did. call that? He you did call I said it. it. So that was the that fortune came true. I I told people uh on Tailgate State too, the last couple teams Alabama had to face weren't really just good teams. I mean, I was telling everybody, you know, Oregon was a good team, but Ohio State came in there, and they showed exactly why they should have been ranked number four. Um, You know, I'm going to agree with you. Urban Meyer did a great job bringing that team in and getting them prepared to play Alabama. Um, They weren't ready. Alabama had not faced a Cam Newton-type quarterback all season long throughout their SEC term. With with not having faced a mobile quarterback, like that, and a and a hurry up offense that was potent as Ohio State because not only they had good quarterbacks, they had some great wide receivers out there. That and they, I can't remember the guy's name that was playing in the slot, 
but but little Cole Beasley was pretty much he opened <laughs> up those deep routes for him. And yeah. that morning, uh, when I left work that day, I told somebody I said, you know what? And I told my father this too. And you saw me post it on Facebook. Ohio State will beat Alabama today. I just had this feeling that that Urban Meyer was going to outcoach not Nick Saban, but Lane Kiffin. Uh, good point. And so what I noticed, and I, I talked with Coach Rob about this uh, that weekend, did you notice at certain points in this Alabama offense, it was very flicks of West Coast plays, you know, flicks of West Coast offense in there. It wasn't this normal Alabama ground and pound because the running game was working for them, but they were, they tried too many, I think, West Coast spread plays to try to get confused the defense instead of sticking with the meat and potatoes, and they lost out. And uh, like you said, defense did an excellent job holding Amari Cooper from running all over the field. You know, all in all, they just got out coached the second half. I mean, there was very little mistakes. That game was just a hard-fought battle, and Ohio State turned out to be the better team. So, you know, right now we got the Buckeyes going against the Ducks, unseen matchup for the whole thing, you know. I'm excited like you. I was glad to see the Saban lose another game. And not so much as the Saban, <laughs> Alabama, period. Right. I was. I got to call Coach Rob and tell him, yeah, buddy, I was right. Two losses on the <laughs> season. But uh, with this Oregon-Ohio State matchup, man, you got a good defense, but they're going to have to play really smart. And I don't see a defense being able to keep up with the pace and the tempo of the Ducks. I feel like this. I don't see Ohio State's defense being able to keep up with the pace and the tempo of the Ducks. So it's, it's going to be another dogfight for Urban Meyer and, and the young quarterback because that Oregon defense is not – I mean, they're fast and they're strong. I mean, every time you saw the ball go anywhere in Florida State, you saw four or five green jerseys around it. It, it just didn't matter. That team is, is built to kill. That's all I got to right. say about that. But <laughs> so you know I'm what, what, what? In this one, you're taking the ducks. Well, you know, you, the oh, thing I'm, is, yeah. I, I think this is a perfect matchup because neither team has faced a team quite like uh, the other team. You know, if you look at what or, who Oregon has played, they haven't really faced a, a team like Ohio State, and I think Ohio State's very, very. You know, th- their offense is not what you expect from a Big Ten team. I think that can work in their favor. I think that, you know, if you think about everything Ohio State's been through this season, it's like a it's kinda like a team of destiny, so to speak. I mean, they lose that first game against Virginia Tech, they get shocked that first game. But I guess it started even before that. They lose um they lose Braxton Miller, you know, for the season. Uh they had to start J T Barrett who hadn't started the game. He comes out there, they lose to Virginia Tech in that first game. Everybody thinks, oh, it's going to be a bad season for them. They battle back. They win the rest. They win out the rest of the season. Then they lose J.T. Barrett the last game of the regular season and have to play with uh, their other backup quarterback, and I can't even remember his name, play with him during the um, the game against Minnesota, well, game, the Big Ten, Big Ten mm-hmm. Championship against Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, and then they then then they lose him, and they have to yep. go with Cardell Jones, you know. 
uh, and, and he comes out there, and I, and I think this team is like a team of destiny to me. You know, the, these are the type of stories that make good uh, good articles, that make good books later on, good movies later on. So for, for whatever reason, I think Ohio State's kind of a team of destiny, and I'm going to take them to win the game because I think – I don't think that there's a lot of tape out there of what kind of offense they're going to run because if you think about it, Ohio State's really done very well this season passing the ball. And I know Alabama planned on, hey, we're going to stop the pass as much as we can because if you look at their stats throughout the season, I believe Ohio State had passed for an average of uh, 248 yards per game and had 41 passing TDs. But in that game against Alabama, they rushed for over 230 yards, you know, from the running back. So, it's kind of like you, you don't know what to expect from them. You don't know what kind of offense they're going to run. And now we know they can they can pass as well as they can run. I think that's going to give Oregon some problems. And I just, for whatever reason, I think, Oregon, I think Ohio State is just a team of, of destiny, and I'd like them to, to win the game. Uh, I mean, you, you bring up a good point. You can't ever rule out the fact of, as, as what we call, some people call the football gods are just with you. And Ohio State, they're not just a pushover to lose this game. I'm not saying that Ohio yeah. State's going to lay down and die. But I think it's going to come down to the speed of the Oregon offense is just going to wear down. Like, I was even watching how Ohio State was switching out defensive linemen against Alabama, and it was at a quicker pace than Alabama was able to switch out defensive linemen. But as you know, even Oregon's offense is geared towards making decisions right then. And then once you've got your, your personnel on the field, they'll change it up right then with what you got on there. And, you know, you've got a, a read option quarterback, a running back, a great tight end, two dedicated wide receivers, not to mention just a flat-out run game. I mean, how do you stop Oregon? They can run screens to either side. They can run wide receiver screens. The offensive linemen are quick and fast, so they can run running back screens. You know, they you know they could even bust out in the Wildcat. It's almost like the Cowboys. You have too many, too many weapons to defend against, and it's going to come down to the side of that Ohio State defense. A, a lot of those defensive backs are still young. And you saw a lot of those young mistakes come out in the first half of that Alabama-Ohio State game. But, you know, they were able to, to work quickly and keep their head on the on pivot and, and get back in it. But, you know, I just think Oregon, that whole system over there, man, just watching them operate against Florida State and just having watching them operate probably the past – I've been on since, since uh, Chip Kelly – started with that offense. I've been watching the Ducks over there and and quietly just telling people, man, Oregon is a better team. Okay, well, you know, BCS, Oregon still wasn't getting to play anybody to show that they were that team. And finally the Ducks get their chance, bro, and they put up a statement victory. Like, you're going to have to see this. Like, you're going to have to defend this, and you think you got that. Well, here comes our special teams. You think you got that. Here comes our defensive secondary. Like, their program, bro, they have the most outstanding program in the country only to be second or, or to first and second 
program would be TCU. And I think TCU is the only defense right now in the country that could probably beat Oregon. But that's, you know, well, here nor there because TCU is not in it. So, Well, you like Oregon. Vegas likes Oregon as well. I think they're a six-point favorites to win this game uh, here in Dallas and AT&T Stadium now. Don't forget that, you know, the Oregon, the Ohio State defense has only given up an average of 22, right around 22 points per game. And Oregon's given up uh, an average of 422 yards per game to opposing teams. So it's going to be a good matchup. It's going to be a really good game. I'm excited about it. You got Oregon, I got Ohio State. So next week we'll have to figure out who uh, who got this game right. And, of course, you guys can send us a message uh, via Twitter, at RF Sports Radio or at OMD Online. And make sure you check us out because we, of course, have a full – we have a full write-up on the game, posted on rfsportsradio.com, and, of course, have the full recap on the, of the game on rfsportsradio.com as well, too. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll jump into some NFL if you got some time on with D. Oh, yeah, man. I'm in there. Let's do it. All right. Let's take a quick break. Calling all sports fans. There's only one place to go to get all your sports news information, radio shows, sports talk, anything that you want to do, that's RFSN, the Real Fan Sports Network. Log on to realfansportsnetwork.com to hear shows from across the country. And, of course, make sure you can hear this show on the Real Fan Sports Network. Go to TuneIn Radio on the TuneIn Radio app and search for RFSN to get sports talk 24-7 from a fan's perspective. That's the Real Fan Sports Network, realfansportsnetwork.com. No one thought we would be here. No one gave us a chance. We surprised everyone but ourselves. Everyone who did not see us work, everyone who did not see us come together, we earned their respect. But our goal is much bigger. We have fought hard together to win this round. And we have earned the right to continue to fight. But we want more. We need more. Four more rounds. And we must land the knockout punch in every round. We know this journey will not be easy. This is the playoffs. Everything is elevated. The energy, the speed, the intensity. Today, we must all match that intensity. So stand up. Get loud and help our boys finish the fight. All right, and welcome back, everyone. It's Tailgate State Special Edition College Football Playoffs and NFL Playoffs. I had to play that real quick on me, D. That was a little bit of uh, the one and only the playmaker, Michael Irvin, and his. uh, they did a a video kind of, uh, get get everybody hyped up before the Dallas and um, Detroit Lions game with this whole theme of finish the fight. And, and from now on, I'm listening to that every morning so I can get myself ready to go. Michael Irvin's going to get me hype every morning because my Cowboys have won. They've advanced. And now we're going to get a chance to get into some of these divisional playoff matchups as well, too. Hey, let's do it, man. Let's Let's talk football. That Michael Irvin speech, man, it's, 
you can hear the passion in Mike's voice. You know what I'm saying? Like he he sounds like he's still 88 down there, and he wants to pass from Tony Romo. Like you can hear the pride that Michael Irvin is displaying in that that chant, man. That that right there is probably going to play on that big screen for about the next two to three years. Uh, but you know, let's not get too deep in to my predictions for NF, uh, NFL right now. Let's roll. Let's let's, let's get into it because I got I got hot picks for this one. <laughs> All right, let's start with Saturday's games. All right, you got the uh, Baltimore Ravens who defeated the Pittsburgh Steelers on the road. They advanced. Now they'll play the New England Patriots in New England. I'm really looking forward to this game, number one, because I'm a huge uh, – I, I, I like the Ravens. I like what, they, what they've done. I think Flacco is great in the playoffs when he's, when he's on that roll. I think he's on that roll right now. They're, they are um, – the New England Patriots are seven-point favorites in this game. Uh, but, again, this is kind of a grudge match type of game. Uh, of course, uh, they just had a chance to kind of get well-rested. They're, they're ready to go. Baltimore's coming in after getting a big win. To me, I like Baltimore to win this game, and I know people that have heard me over the years on com know that I'm not a New England fan. Some people have gone nope. as far as to call me a New England hater or a Tom Brady hater, and uh, I'm just going to pick Baltimore to win this game. I'm not going to explain myself. I'm not going to try to rationalize it for anyone. This is just going to be my pick for the game. Look, you don't have to rationalize it to anyone, any of those people who are just big New England Patriots fans, big Tom Brady fans, because those people are probably people that agree with them filming the Jets to try to win in the <laughs> AFC championship game. And you're talking about the freaking Jets, for crying out loud. So, you know, um, I'm kind of rolling with you, man. Like, Flacco, when he gets in the, the playoff run, like last Super Bowl, man, when he gets hot, he gets hot. And Baltimore is one of those teams, they started off at the beginning of the season, everybody was like, oh, man, look at them, you know, Steve Smith Senior, he's out there clowning. You know, they're doing it. Then they got quiet. But they made themselves a little noise, able to get into that wild card position. Guess what, man? They toppled Big Ben Roethlisberger, and that potent Pittsburgh offense. Defense was kind of shaky, but I didn't really expect uh, Baltimore to do what they did. What was the difference maker in the Baltimore game was um, the defense showed up. A different defense showed up. Now, they did get beat. That linebacking court did get beat a couple times. But I think Joe Flacco is the guy that showed up on the bus more than anyone that made the difference in that game. So with this Patriots game, I'm going to justify it by saying that team is hot. Tom Brady and them always just Tom Brady. That's how we do it. And it'll get better as it goes. So I think we got it. I think – I think the Ravens getting uh, uh, Haloti Nada back was big for them, too, in that game. And, of course, the Steelers not having uh, Le'Veon Bell hurt them tremendously in the offense side of the ball. But uh, I I just think that they're on their run, and and, uh, I just like them to win this game, man. I have to agree with you, man. I'm looking for Baltimore to win that one, upset everybody, upset Vegas. So, you know. Hey, let's go Baltimore. I'm hey, that could be a good picture. Time to make some. Go ahead. I didn't yeah, make cut off. 
you know, I was looking for Steve Smith Sr. to be the big difference maker in this game. He hadn't made much noise in the end of the season, but he's one of those kind of guys that get a chip on the shoulder, and he loves to make somebody like Tom Brady look bad. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt about it. If you try to make back some of your Christmas money and put your money on Baltimore for this game. Yeah. All right, the, the next game out there, the night game on Saturday, will be the Carolina Panthers, the only team in the playoffs with a losing record at 7-8, 7-8-1, rather, after uh, beating – uh, the uh, the the Arizona Cardinals, who of course are playing with Ryan Lindley, Ryan Lindley, who hasn't thrown a touchdown pass the, in his in his entire NFL career since he's been a backup in the NFL. Uh, they beat them, and now they advance to go play the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. Seattle, of course, is seven and one at home, and the Panthers have a losing record on the road, but many people feel like they're one of the hotter teams going into the playoffs, and uh, we learned today that they're going to be losing their defensive tackle. Uh, I can't pronounce his Hawaiian name. Starlet Latule, I think his name is. He'll be out for the game, but everyone else is still going to be there. And to me, I know uh, Cam Newton is a great quarterback. is a good story. The way they've been winning is a good story as well, too, but I think Seattle's just poised to to kind of make this a, a repeat kind of run for them. I think they'll definitely get to the NFC Championship, and I see them beating Carolina because I don't think Carolina can have enough offense to go against that defense, especially when they're in Seattle. It's going to be hard to beat them uh, in their home. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to go with the Rodney Fisher Ohio State theory and say okay. Carolina is <laughs> – is is my wild card team of destiny. Um, there's a statistic, and every year or every other year, the statistic gets a little bit better. Uh, last time I checked it, it was about 75.6% of the time a wild card team, if they win in the first round, make it to the Super Bowl. Mm. So I'm not necessarily saying Carolina's going to be the wild card team and make it to the Super Bowl. But I'm saying Carolina has a guy named Cam Newton, and there's some things called called destiny. This man had his car flipped, injured his back, and still was able to come back and lead his team. Although it was on a losing record, and I was talking to my father about this and said, "Well, either we know two things about the NFC South: either everybody was really terrible, or everybody was way better than we thought they were." You're going to take a guy like Cam Newton, who's on a high right now. He's on a spiritual high because he's alive. He wants to play. He wants to live. And one thing about Cam Newton, when he starts having fun and enjoying what he's doing, he's more dangerous. He's like uh, opposite of Philip Rivers. You know, you can make Philip Rivers mad. He's going to torture you for 300 yards right quick. Cam, once he starts loving that, that offense, loving what he's doing, loving the game, loving the defense, playing against him, man, they'll he'll put up some points, man. I, I think they're underrated. Losing their defensive tackle is a big, big thing because their defense was playing at a supremely high level. They were ranked number two in the last six weeks uh, right behind Seattle's defense, who they said was clicking. But let me tell you what doesn't impress me about the Seattle Seahawks. And I don't have their schedule up in front of me, but I was just looking at some of the teams that are in the Seahawks division that these people, and, uh, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, 
I'm going to try to get to their uh, pulling my tablet out right now. I'm going to try to get to their schedule. But nobody that the Seahawks played in the last five weeks, I believe, really impressed me. I mean, mm. the NFC West as a division, you have the Cardinals, who have a four-string right. quarterback. You have right. San Francisco, who even knows what they're thinking about. You have St. Louis. I mean, St. Louis was up and down, but, you know, they were toppling people they shouldn't have, shouldn't have beaten, beating people that they could have beat. But, right. you know, and then they played Arizona on a third-string quarterback. And I think they also played Kansas City was one of the last ones, too. So I'm like, Seattle hasn't really played anybody in the past, I'm going to say three games as I, as I type in their schedule right now, um, to really make me say that they've gone up against anybody. And I think that they can be top of them. I think Cam Newton is the guy that's going to bring a team in there and really make some noise and, you know, expose, as you said, you know, talking about college football, they're going to get exposed, man. I think it's, it's time for them to get exposed. Man, you're talking about the upset of all upsets. If Carolina is able to take their 7-8-1 and one record, go into Seattle, knock off Seattle, who's favored by 10, 10.5 points in Vegas, you, you're talking about a monumental upset of, of epic proportions. You're talking about a 3.5 earthquake, Urban Texas <laughs> shakeup. Uh, if they're able to pull that off, I mean, and, and if you're using the destiny theory, I can I see it because you're right. I mean, he did have the car flipping over. It did get hurt. They did come back and they did start playing well. They kind of caught lightning in the bottle towards the end of the season. They've already won one game. You know, I, I I see it. I see it being you know a story, a good good way to go, but. I just think it's so hard to go up there and win. You know, in okay, Seattle, right. you're going to have the fans in the frenzy. You got the 12th man thing going. It's going to be hard, hard to do. And I just don't know if they can put up enough points. I mean, okay, I know well, they have let's, Kelvin let's Benjamin. I know, they, I know that um, uh, their running back, Johnson Stewart, has been running really well. But, man, I just don't know if they can really do anything with that defense that, that Seattle has. Well, let's look at this. I got the schedule up, okay? So I'm going to start running teams down from the end of the schedule to the beginning of the schedule. When I come across a team that you think is a playoff caliber team that they face, you let me know, okay? All right. All right, we got last game was Seattle versus St. Louis. All right. Not Next the playoffs. Game, Seattle. Not the playoffs. Seattle versus Arizona. In Are the they, playoffs, is that a with team? A quarterback. Okay. San Francisco versus Seattle. Nine of playoffs. Okay. Seattle versus Philadelphia. Nine of playoffs. Seattle versus San Francisco again. Nine of playoffs. Arizona versus Seattle. Well, we like we said, four strength. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Okay. Now here comes a loss. Seattle and Kansas City, they lose 20 to 24. Right. Not in the playoffs. But on the road, though. But on the road. On the road. road. Okay. That's on the road. New York at Seattle. Not another team. Oakland at Seattle. 
Seattle at Carolina. They they squeaked this one away. You remember this one? This was eighth game, eighth week of the NFL season. Yeah, Thirteen yeah. nine at Carolina. They squeaked away right. with that when Kelvin Benjamin had ninety four yards in that game against that that Seattle defense. Cowboys at Seattle. We all know how that one turned out. So there's there's, there's, there's one. There's a playoff team. Washington and, Redskins. Well, if you yep. just if you so, just if you just stop there with those teams, yeah, Carolina yeah. was a tough game, and then Cowboys beat them at home. So the yeah. two playoff teams they that played, played last were tougher games. Yeah, yeah, they haven't played anybody, so you haven't played anybody, and and everybody's hyped on your record. You're twelve and four, but your four losses. One of them came to the Cowboys. One of them came to San Diego, and another one came to St. Louis. I didn't mention that you lost to them twenty-eight twenty-six at St. Louis. So I'm not impressed with the Seahawks, man. I see Carolina coming out with a W in this one. If you if you're a betting man, take take a little money and put them on on Carolina this week because I think Ooh, they're going to shock bet. the world. Yeah, man, that's a big bet because it's going to be. There's there's another factor in that. I think Jerry Jones wouldn't mind having Cam Newton at his stadium, and he doesn't want to have Seattle there again for another game. Yeah, well, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, I'm they, calling if, it right now. Yeah, I mean that would that would be huge. That'd be huge. That'd be huge. Yep. All right, Sunday's yep. game. So we got the uh, Dallas Cowboys, my team, not just my team, America's team. Let me just say that. Yeah. Against the uh, Green Bay Packers, like, going up to Green Bay to face the Packers, and you've heard a lot this week about you know the 1967 games, the Ice Bowl, and and that was the last time that the Dallas Cowboys had to go up to Green Bay to play a, a playoff game. Of course, that was a championship game, and then of course the, there's so many different other kind of storylines with these games. You have the eight and zero road record of the Cowboys going against the eight and zero home record of the Green Bay Packers. You've got Tony Romo, who is from Wisconsin, and playing Aaron Rodgers, who – and both and many people think that either Romo or Aaron Rodgers, as far as quarterbacks go, should be NFL MVP. You know, of course, they had other players in the mix, but those two have been mentioned as the top two candidates, or at least the top – in the top three or four candidates for the NFL MVP playing against each other. And then you've got this injury, this calf injury to Aaron Rodgers, who to me he's been playing up the entire week, hasn't been practicing, uh, comes out today and says, hey, I'm going to play. I just don't know how I'm going to play. He's been really playing this injury up this week because I I think that's just what Aaron Rodgers likes to do. He likes the drama. I think he's going to try to play it up, you know, that way he comes out of the game and throws four touchdowns and, now he's in the NFL MVP all of a sudden. So there's a lot riding on this game. You're not just for the teams and advancing the playoffs, but also for the other storylines that go along with that. But to me, I, I'm never going to pick against the Cowboys in the playoffs, regardless of what you have to say, what anyone has to say. I'm always going to ride with the boys. But it's going to be a tough game. You know, to go up there, I think it's going to be in the low teens. As far as temperature wise, and then of course playing in Green Bay, and it's going to, it's going to be a tough game. But I'm, I'm never going to pick against the Cowboys in the playoffs. No, nah, man, I, I have to agree with you there uh, on that. America's team, Dallas's team, the home team, 
it, it's kind of hard to pick against the boys, but it's also kind of hard to pick against the boys for a couple of reasons. Um, I'm going to say 88, 29, and number nine. You know, the the big three of the Cowboys. The big the three of the Cowboys are the new triplets. Yeah, the new triplets are playing at a – I'm going to say a, a, a Super Bowl-type level. Um, with this game against the Detroit Lions, and a lot of people aren't, you know, with the pass interference call, a lot of people are trying to, oh, oh, oh. look, first of all, Detroit Lions, best run defense in the league. DeMarco Murray still was able to get about 76 yards off on there. So he was 24 yards short of a 100-yard rushing game, which he was able to get all year long and against the number one rushing defense uh, with with their criminal Dominican Sue, you know, leading the Calvary, you know. But, you know, one thing I want everybody to realize is when you have a power running game like that and you have a temperature that's going to be 15 degrees with a windshield of seven, the ball is going to be hard. It's going to fly. But it's gonna be it's gonna be some passes, but the run game is what's gonna really make the difference. And I don't see the Green Bay Packers defensive line or the defensive backs being able to keep the Cowboys from breaking some big runs. Now, granted, the defensive uh linebackers for the Green Bay Packers, I'm gonna say are all almost well, two of those guys are pro With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.